Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, one of the parts of that song that I love is that line that said, He made the devil set me free. You know, the devil didn't want to. But the devil didn't have no choice. Hallelujah. When a sinner comes and repents of their sin, devil ain't got no choice. He makes the devil set us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not bound anymore. When you come and repent, uh, when you go down that watery grave of baptism, uh, you're not bound by no devil anymore. He made the devil set you free. Hallelujah. Amen. We can talk about when we were bound, but we ain't bound no more. Amen. We're not bound. We have freedom. We have liberty because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Every one of us at one time, the devil had to set us free. He had to let go. Woo. Hallelujah. You say, well, I wasn't bound. Oh, yeah, you were. You're a servant to whom you obey. Amen. I quoted that the other day. Whether of obedience unto righteousness or of, uh, let's see, of, yeah, something like that. <laughs> obedience unto righteousness and the sin of the death, unto death. You're serving one or the other. You're either obedient to the word of God or you're serving sin. So you're slave to one or the other. But when you come and repent, he has to set you free. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. That excites me. Excites me to see it happen. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17, verse number 22. Amen. It's a privilege to be here again. Amen. Enjoy the presence of the Lord that we feel tonight. <clears throat> Amen. No telling what God could do. Amen. I don't believe he's done yet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 22. It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device, Times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. Praise God. I want to take my thought tonight from verse number 27. So that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us for a little bit tonight I want to preach Jesus 
is near. Jesus is near. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to have his way the remainder of this service. God, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence that we feel in this house. you today Jesus hallelujah 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 Lord have your perfect way in this place God I need your touch need your help tonight God in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 praise God praise God praise God amen amen and you may be seated praise God Amen. Paul was sitting here in Athens, amen, being persecuted. He departed. He came there and, uh, and was sitting there, and, uh, and he was stirred when he saw a city that was wholly turned to idolatry. Amen. And I, I believe that every Holy Ghost-filled child of God should be stirred, amen, when they see folks that are turned and wholly turned to idolatry. Hallelujah. You say, oh, we live in a Christian nation. Let me tell you something. We live in a nation that has turned to idolatry. Hallelujah. When millions every Sunday go to a football game and worship their heroes. Oh, hallelujah. Why am I going here? Amen. When a Christian music station can change their music because the local sports team is in the World Series. And instead of singing about Jesus, they're singing about the royals. Hallelujah. I tell you what, it stirred something inside of me. I turned that garbage off. I'm not here to worship some man that can hit a baseball or throw a baseball. I'm here to worship the one true and living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It ought to stir us. Hallelujah. Amen. They're worshiping gods that can't do anything for them. They have momentary pleasure. But when the wrong team wins, they have depression and gloom and sadness. I'm telling you, when you live for God, you're always on the winning side. You don't have to worry about losing. We're in a battle, but we are victorious. We are going to win. We may have bad days. You may have low days. But I'm telling you, the God that I serve, he is the the champion, the undisputed heavyweight champion. He is that champion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, praise God. He was stirred when he saw that city holy turned to idolatry. Amen. Was disputing with them, talking with them. And they came by at Mars Hill and he saw that altar to an unknown God. They were so wrapped up in serving every God they could find that they didn't want to offend one, so they had one to the unknown God. Hallelujah. He said, you know what? I know who that God is. He said, you worship an unknown God. Him declare I unto you. Hallelujah. 
there's a lot of folks uh, that are looking for something. Uh, they're desiring something. Uh, and we know the God they're looking for. Uh, we know that unknown God uh, that they are striving for uh, and searching for. Uh, yet they need somebody with boldness to open their mouth uh, and declare unto them uh, the one true and living God. Hallelujah. What would have happened in Athens if Paul would have kept his mouth shut? If he would have been intimidated standing there amidst those idols? He wasn't intimidated by a dead God. He said, I'm going to declare unto you whom this God is that you ignorantly worship. Hallelujah. Amen. He pointed out that God had made everything in the world. Amen. That they should seek the Lord. If they might feel after him. For he is not far from any of us. He said in him we live and move and have our being. It's in him. Hallelujah. You know there's a lot of folks that think God's a long ways away. Amen. They think he's a long ways away. But I want to tell you that he's a whole lot closer than you think. Hallelujah. There are folks that desire to know God, to have a relationship with him. But they think they have gone too far. They think that God is too far from them. I'm telling you, you can go wherever you want to go. But he's going to be right there. He's within one reach. He is not far from you tonight. Hallelujah. I believe that Jesus is near waiting for a yielding. Amen. Of ourselves to him. Amen. Waiting for us to reach out to him. Amen. David, the man after God's own heart, the man that miserably failed God, yet we know him as that man after God's own heart. This is how he said it in Psalms 139 and 7. He said, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I go to flee from your presence? He said, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. As high as I can get, as low as I can get, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. He said, I can go to heaven, you're there. I can go down to hell, but you're already there. I can take the wings of the morning, go to the uttermost parts of the sea, but you're already there. If I think I can hide in the darkness, I can't even hide there because the darkness and the light are the same to you. Hallelujah, I want to tell you tonight, there's nowhere we can go where we can run from him. 
Hallelujah, you can run. You can run, but I'm telling you, when you get to your destination, he's already there waiting for you. You can try to hide from him, but before you get to that hiding place, his presence is already there. Hallelujah, we can try to hide in the darkness, but I'm telling you the darkness and the light, they are the same to him. We can't hide our activity, even if it's in the darkness. Because he is there. Oh, hallelujah. We think that we can run from God. I'm telling you, you can run as hard as you want to. But whenever you stop running, he's already there. I've known folks that have ran from a calling. I've known how they ran from conviction. I'm telling you, you can run, you can run, you can run. But when you stop running, he's already there waiting for you. When you get tired of the running, he's already there. He's right there ready for you. If you reach out to him, it don't matter how far you run. It doesn't matter how far away you've gotten. If you reach out, I'm telling you, he's right there. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel this tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, man, he's not far from you. You say, oh, I've lived for God a long time. I know that. Then why are you living where you're living? Why are you living with problems? Why are you living in need of a healing? He's right there. You just got to reach out and get a hold of the master's garment. Why are we still fighting the same battle and struggling with the same things? He's right there. You just got to reach out and get a hold of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Luke chapter 19, we read a familiar story to most of us. It says, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. Hallelujah. And he sought to see Jesus. There's a lot in those few words. He sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must Abide at thy house. I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day 
His salvation come to this house for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus had a desire inside of him to see Jesus. Hallelujah. He, he was going. He was a rich man. and He uh, undignified himself, if you would, and climbed up in a tree simply because he had a desire to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Because of the desire of this man, he wanted to see him when Jesus came by. He said, I must abide at your house. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, God is coming by and he's in this place today. He is near. And if there's a desire in you to see him and to see him work, are you willing to step out and climb the sycamore tree? Hallelujah. Are you willing to do whatever you've got to do? Because I've got to see him. I've got to see him. I need him to work. If I've got to climb a tree, if I have to get undignified, I've got to see him. Hallelujah. I believe that if we're willing to make an effort tonight, that God could do some amazing things if we've got that desire to see him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This man was a sinner. A well-known sinner. Jesus said, you know what? I must abide at your house. Because the man wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus was near. His problem was he was of little stature. And he couldn't see over the crowd. And you know what our problem is sometimes? We allow things to crowd up our minds and our vision. And we can't see Jesus. We let circumstances get in front of us. We let that old nasty thing we've been talking about a lot lately called doubt and unbelief crop up in front of us and all of a sudden we can't see him like we would desire to see him. Amen. There's some things obscuring our vision uh, and blocking our view. Uh, but tonight, are you willing uh, to climb up in a sycamore tree? Uh, if it meant your healing, uh, if it meant your deliverance, uh, if it meant provision, uh, if it meant a miracle, uh, if it meant a child getting filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, if it meant a backslider uh, coming back to God, uh, what are you willing to do uh, to see Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus said, I've got to go to your house, it didn't take Zacchaeus very long till he started making some changes in his heart. Hallelujah. It didn't take him very long until he had some new direction and he could see clearly and he saw the way he needed to go. But it came from an effort. It came from a desire that no matter what, I've got to see Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If it takes humbling yourself. Amen. He was a rich man. Yet he climbed a tree to see Jesus. Just to get a glimpse of him. Not really expecting probably anything else. But he wanted to see him. Who he was. So he said, I'm going to do what i got to do. Because I've got to see Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. You know the reason why we go home a lot of services without our needs being met? I believe. It's because we sit back and wait for Jesus to come to us. We sit there and say, well, he knows my needs and he knows what I've got to have and he knows my desires. I'm going to sit here and wait for Jesus to come by. When Jesus is right there, he's just waiting for somebody to reach out and grab a hold of him, to get the hold of the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. I tell you what we know about that woman with the issue of blood. But you read your Bible, you'll find she wasn't the only one that was healed by touching his garment. There were many that were healed because they reached out and touched him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's right here. If you reach out and touch him, he's nearer than you believe. He's right here. If you'll touch him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was another sophisticated man. Hey, man. Uh, man of the Pharisees. In John chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He was a sophisticated man. Well-respected man. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. You say, what a coward. Well, at least he came to him. He desired to see him, so he came. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He didn't realize that he was talking to God manifest in the flesh. He thought he was talking to a teacher. Amen. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This stumped Nicodemus. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? How is that possible? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. I believe that Nicodemus had a hunger inside of him. A desire to know more. 
I don't believe that Jesus would have, amen, begin to reveal things to him if there wasn't a hunger and desire for knowledge inside of him. He had a truly sincere question. He goes, we know that you've come from God because no one can do what you're doing except God send him. And Jesus began to reveal a truth to him that is still true some 2,000 years later. You must be born again. Hallelujah. I tell you what, there was fear a little bit in Nicodemus. I tell you, he probably didn't want certain people to know that he was coming to him. But he said, I'll do what I've got to do. I've got to go see him. I've got to go talk to him. I've got to hear something from him. And he found answers when he was willing to come to Jesus. Whoo! Hallelujah. Say, well, I'm in the house of God. I've come to meet with him. Have you? Or have you just come because that's what we always do? I'll tell you what, there's been sometimes I've come to the house of God because I didn't have a choice in the matter. My daddy said we came, we came. I've told you that before. But there's been some times when I came to see him, when I come to get a hold of him, and that's when I left with what I was looking for. Hallelujah. I remember, man, a man in my church that I grew up in. Amen. <coughs> he come to Jesus. Amen. He came to Jesus. His dad was having a heart attack, open heart surgery, quadruple bypass. This man's sister, parents were in the church. He wasn't. Amen. But... Church folks there at the hospital with his dad began to work on him. And he come on a Sunday night service. And before he came in there, he told everybody, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. That night we sang that good old song, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. He told us later that he's saying, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost down in my soul. I'm going to say something that's a little bit strange maybe. When the preaching came forward that night, the man that preached scattered, dropped a watermelon, scattered seeds from Dan to Beersheba. Okay? It was deader than a hammer. Just being honest with you. It wasn't me preaching, thank God. Although I've done that before. Hey Amen. I've scattered some watermelon seeds a time or two. Hey Amen. But there he was, this man. But the minute he was done with his message, he had everybody stand up and he opened the altar. That man was the first one in the altar. And it wasn't but a few minutes later that man began to speak in other tongues as God filled him with the Holy Ghost. You want to know why he left with it? Because he came looking for it. He came looking for Jesus and realized that Jesus was near and reached out and left with what he came for. Hallelujah, I don't know what you came for tonight, but I'm telling you, Jesus is right here. He's right there in front of you. If you'll reach out and grab a hold of him. Nicodemus had to step way out of his comfort zone. Zacchaeus stepped way out of his comfort zone because they had a desire to see Jesus. 
There was a man sick of the palsy. Amen. That his friends desired to get him to Jesus. When they got there, the room was full where he was. They could not get in the door. There was no room at the windows. There was no way inside the building. But that didn't stop them. The Bible says that they took him up on the roof and they busted up the roof until they made a hole where they could lower him down. Hallelujah. And there this man was laying on his bed. No ability to walk. No ability to move. He was laying there. And Jesus looked at him and said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen. Read it. And uh, his four friends were like, well, that's awesome, but we were hoping he'd be healed. And the folks that were there with him, some of them, they're Pharisees, began to say, how can he forgive sin? Say it amongst themselves. They began to think, what does this man think he is that he can say forgive, that he forgives sins? And he turned to him and says, that you know that the Son of Man hath power to forgive sin. He said, what is easier, to say your sins be forgiven thee or take up your bed and walk? But that you'll know that I can forgive sin. This is my version. He said, son, take up your bed and walk. And he hopped up, grabbed his bed, rolled it up, and carried his bed home. Amen. Now, what happens tonight if we bring that same desire into touching Jesus. I imagine that there were some folks inside that building that weren't real happy about that hole in their roof. They weren't real happy about their roof being broken up and this man coming down through this gaping hole in their roof. But there were four men that said, I don't care what I've got to do. I've got to give my friend to him because he's sick and he needs to be healed. I tell you what, sometimes we've got to pick our friends up and carry them to Jesus. And if we can get them to him, they can find their answer. They can receive their healing. They can find salvation. If we can get them to him. Hallelujah. But man, that guy I work with is going to think I'm crazy. Yeah? So what? You want to get him to Jesus or not? My family's going to think I've lost my mind. You did. Because the old things are passed away. He put a new way of thinking into you. Hey man, them old ways are gone. I don't care what they think of me. I'm going to tell them about what's happened to me. Hallelujah. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. There's no telling what can happen when you come into the presence of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm enjoying reading in the Gospels about all the miracles that Jesus did, the wonders, the signs that were performed. But I'm telling you, he hasn't changed. He is the same today as he was back then. We can get excited about reading it, but I'm telling you, we can live it if we'll reach out and get a hold of him. Hallelujah. In John chapter 12, we read about it. It says, and there were some certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Man, one of them Jewish feast holidays. They came up to worship. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. They came to worship at a feast, but they heard about this man called Jesus. And they came looking for him and said, Sir, we would see Jesus. I want to look at him. I want to talk with him. I want to communicate with him. I want to see what he's about. I want to see Jesus. Do we come to the house of God with that same attitude? Saying, oh... I want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him moving. I want to see him working. Amen. I want to see someone walk in so bound up by sin and walk out with freedom and liberty as he breaks those chains of bondage and sets them free. I want to see that look of torment turn into a look of joy. I want to see peace where there's always been turmoil. I want to see him. I want to see him. Man, I like to see y'all too, but I don't come here to see you guys. I come because I want to see him. I want to feel him. I want to talk with him. I want to feel his presence. Oh, I enjoy the fellowship, but it doesn't compare to the fellowship we have with him when we reach out and grab a hold of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is here. He is here. He is here tonight to touch you. If you need salvation, I'm telling you, he's here. He's not far from you. You just got to reach out and touch him. If you're in need of forgiveness, he is still faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you'll reach out to him. Hallelujah, he is near, but you've got to reach out. Thinking tonight of the impotent men laid by the pool, 
40 years it was something like that he laid there nearly the water would be troubled the first one in the water received their healing and 40 years plus he laid there without a healing and Jesus came by one day and he said I have no man to help me I have no man How many folks like that are laying tonight in Olathe saying, I would love to get in the water, but I have no man to help me. When Jesus is right there. Matthew chapter 1 and 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us he is still Emmanuel God is with us God is with us God has flooded this house tonight with his presence his glory I feel his glory in this place tonight hallelujah he is still Emmanuel, God with us. If you'd stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. 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 If you desire to feel his touch, won't you reach out to him? If you're desiring to draw closer to him, won't you reach out and touch him? If there's a need in your heart, in your life, won't you reach out and touch him? Because he's right there. But you've got to be willing to reach out and touch him. Amen. I know there's several here tonight that could use a touch in your body. Why don't you reach out? He is not far away. God is with us. Hallelujah. If you see somebody tonight who's in need of a helping hand, why don't you be that man for them and help them get to him. Help them get into his presence. Help them reach out and touch him. Won't you be that man for them today? Because Jesus is near. Jesus is near. He's near. If you reach out and touch to him, of his garment. Reach out and get a hold of him as he passes by. He's not too far from you. If you'll touch him. Are you willing to climb up in the sycamore tree? 
Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone and say, oh, I desire to touch him. I desire to see him. Oh, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Hallelujah, won't you reach out to him?